13 through verse 21. If you have your Bibles, I'd encourage you to take them and turn with me there. Thank you, Matt, the rest of the worship team for leading us. I want to thank every single one of you for being here this morning. I, I was thinking about it. We look at the clock and we're like, okay, we got, we've been here 32 minutes. We've got 28 left. Uh, we sang, we put something in the offering plate, we hear this guy talk, we, then we leave, right? That's it, we do it, we do it like that. I need to let you know something, that's, that's not just what we do here. That's what's happening right here, right now, is bigger than a couple of those things that we do on a regular basis. It's, it's not, church is not like a slice of the whole pie, okay? Jesus is not a slice of the whole pie. He's everything. So, so what we do here as far as loading up to continue on to be faithful is so, is so important. R really, every single person who's sitting here today falls in one of three categories, Either you're here because you're searching, you're like, hmm, I wonder about this. You're here because you're following, or some of you, in all honesty, you're sitting here and you continue to reject the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, so what is important is that we understand what is at hand here, like this whole church, this is the body of Christ. And this is the body of Christ moving in the community that God has called us to be a part. I, I trust that you are growing. Uh, I trust you are connecting and learning in your home groups. Um, if you are not connected with a home group, you're, you're in a dangerous place, okay? You're by yourself. Uh, make sure that you connect. Um, by all means, the, the pastors here, we want to minister to you. The elders want to minister to you. We want to make sure that you're in the Word, that we understand what is happening here with the, the church of Jesus Christ. It's not just a building you go to, it's who we are as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. I love this text. I read this text uh, several times through earlier in the week. And I'm like, I, I don't know, Lord. I, like, I don't know where we go with this. It's not a lot. And, and the more that I just, just dug into it, there is so much, so important, so necessary for you and I this, this morning, what I call moving from confusion, and there's a lot of people. They're just like, what's going on? This text helps move us from confusion to clarity. <clears throat> Would you bow your heads and pray with me? We need the Lord's help as we dive into these verses this morning. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, so much <clears throat> for this day. Thank you, Lord, for um, who you are and for your ordaining of the local church. Father, I just pray that every single one of us understand what is at stake with learning from your word, from to, to submitting and surrendering to your word and to your spirit, to, to hear you and to see you. Father, the 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 time is so important for us to understand who we are as redeemed followers of Jesus and what we, you've called us to do as far as proclaiming the good news. But Lord, in the everyday, life gets hard and hectic. And Lord, we just come before you now and we ask that you would speak. 
Use me, Lord, however you see fit as a vessel for your glory. We love you, and we thank you for your gracious love toward us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. <clears throat> like many of you, I'm sure, I keep a, a day timer, both on, on my desk as well as electronically. So we can kind of keep ourselves organized somewhat. I also use it by way of accountability. Um, <clears throat> what does it do? It records the events of our day, of our, of our week, of our month, of year. And it holds very basic information. An appointment time, the location of a meeting, the name of a person. We do this with, with in a sense keeping a view not only of where we're going but it's interesting at times to look back and be like wow I, I didn't realize I, I met with that person or that person or it's been so long since we've, we've connected in the gospel of Mark we have here in a sense a day timer where we look back and we see but what's interesting is it's not just the basics here okay it's not just the time and the place of where Jesus is doing who he's meeting with but, but he actually it holds the big stuff for us. There are serious messages that speak to us through the Gospel of Mark. That's the study that we've been on. What I've learned as well is that in this study, every single conversation, every conversation that Jesus has matters. And I was convicted by that. How, how many, how, how few of, of my conversations, of, of all of our conversations actually matter. This book records big stuff for us. Now, we know at this point Jesus has been ministering right here by Mark chapter 8 about two-plus years. He has been teaching disciples. He's been serving other people. He's been healing. He's been doing miracles. He's been preaching <clears throat> amazing amount. <clears throat> what is interesting is that we have the very last gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I don't know if you've picked up on this or not, but the very last verse of the last chapter of the last gospel says this in John chapter 21, verse 25. This is how all of the gospels end. It says this, Now there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that could be written. Do you realize that's a summary statement of looking back at the ministry that Jesus has accomplished? You ever visit the Library of Congress? Tens of thousands of volumes. Nothing in comparison to what could record the work and the impact of Jesus. That's the final words of the final gospel, all revealing what a central theme of who Jesus is the God-man, the Son of God. And yet what's interesting, even as what the God-man, most people, the, the, the number of people in percentage, most of them, the majority of them, did not get him. They, they didn't get it. They didn't get the message. They didn't fully understand who Jesus was. The majority of them certainly did not believe, except a few. There was a small number. They were known as what? Disciples. The word is mathetas. 
Literally, it translates learners or followers. There's these men, 12 of them, that are following Jesus. And it says that when they follow Jesus, they left. First record is they left their nets, which means they left their jobs. They left their, their, their own little town, community. They left their family. They left their friends. They, they left their old belief system. They left their old lifestyle. They left their habits. They left all their hobbies and and all their toys. It says that they left and they followed. And they became a learner or a student of this one. What's interesting, just like you and I, we can be following, but there's still points to the disciples' ministry that we see that they're not fully understanding. Now, today's text, in this text, we will see Jesus and we'll hear Jesus as he speaks to his followers And it's very evident that mm, they don't quite get it. They don't quite understand what's happening around them. Um, Friday morning, I woke up real early, about quarter to six to go pray with the guys. And and if you notice, it's getting colder outside, just just a touch. The leaves are beginning to look gorgeous. Um, 5.45, and, and and I couldn't find my scraper. This is like the first frost of the year. There was, a, there was an ice scraper kicking around in, in, my, in my car all summer long. You don't need it. The first time that you actually need an ice scraper, okay, because the frost, it, it's nowhere. It has completely disappeared. And so what we try to do is you try to rub something and scratch something, find anything. And have you ever tried to drive down the road without, without scraping your windshield properly? And it's like you're, you're, you're like trying to see, and it's, it's not the wisest thing to do. It's actually a dangerous thing to do. One time, in all honesty, we, we returned from uh, being away, and, and, and our car was at the airport, and we got in and took off, and it was like cold, frosty. And, and I actually got pulled over by a policeman because he said, you didn't stop and, and scrape your windshield. It's dangerous. You got kids with you. I didn't have to pay a ticket graciously. He was very kind. But, but it's a dangerous thing to go forward without being able to see clearly. That's what's happening right here. And what happens is that God in the full person of himself revealed in the Lord Jesus Christ becomes what? Crystal. Crystal clear. Here's our text. You can follow along. Mark chapter 8, verse 14 through verse 21. <clears throat> Here it is. Now they, speaking of the disciples, the methotos, the learners, the followers, now they had forgotten to bring bread. And they had only one loaf with them in the boat. And he cautioned them saying, watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why are you discussing the fact that you have no breads? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? They said to him, we remember this one, 12. And the seven for the 4,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, seven. 
And he said to them, do you not understand? Point number one this morning, very quickly, very clearly, very simply, Jesus' followers forget lunch. Jesus' followers forget lunch. Verse 14, now they, the disciples, had forgotten to bring bread and they had only one loaf with them. So as we saw last week, we are coming on the heels of yet another massive miracle. Literally, okay, moments before this, thousands of hungry people were fed fish and bread. If you ever notice, there's a lot of talk about food in, in, in the gospel of Mark, throughout the gospels, in the ministry and in life. There's a lot of talk about food. Food was not as prevalent, wasn't as readily available as we have today. Food was a big deal, especially bread. They talk a lot about bread. This time, Jesus and his disciples were in the boat, and they're heading back up north. And just like any trip that any of us have been on, particularly at the, the onset of it, very normal conversation is taking place here. Usually sounds something like this. Honey, did you remember to unplug the, the uh, it's not a curling iron. It used to be a curling iron, which she had curly hair. The flattening iron, the, yeah, straightener. Did you, did you, and then you go through these series of questions. He's like, well, did you remember to lock the door? Yeah, yeah. Did you remember to put the key up over the, no, that's, you didn't hear where we keep the key. <laughs> Do you remember the passports? And there's these questions that we go back and forth inevitably, and usually I'm the one who asks, hey, did you, did you bring something to snack on or not? Did, did you bring some lunch for us? That's exactly, that's exactly what the disciples are doing. Did you, did you bring any bread? And it seems that they're, that they're even arguing. There's a sense of tension here amongst themselves. I thought you said you were going to bring the bread. There were baskets of it back there. No, 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 no. I, I thought you said you were. And they're discovering what? They're discovering that somebody pulls out of his, his, his backpack one loaf, they look around, there's 13 young men. Young men eat a lot of food. 13 men, and there's one little loaf. What's interesting about this narrative is we begin in the disciples in the boat in the Sea of Galilee. They're, they're, in, they're in ministry. These men who are on mission, and they are focused on Something that is like this big. They're, they're, they're focusing. They're actually worked up. And they're uptight about what? Now, now, there's no doubt food is important, but this is not what earth-shattering subject here. Which moves us to number two. What? Jesus. Jesus. Remember, we look back at the, the daytime or the record He's accomplished so much. All the books of the world cannot contain what the ministry of Jesus is doing. We, we look back and we realize every single conversation that Jesus has matters. Every one. <clears throat> Number two, Jesus sees a teaching moment. All the conversation about bread, did you bring it? No, I thought you brought it. You mean we only got this? Jesus captures and sees a teaching moment, never missing anything. Well, on the subject of bread, as Jesus hears this term, 
what he says this watch out verse 15 watch out beware this is what it's the same thing repeated twice watch out beware it's it's a double warning it's present imperative it's 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 written intentionally intense a severe word Jesus says watch out I want you to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod's now, now, immediately we begin to kind of scratch our head. Wait a minute. We, we're talking about who forgot the loaf and we only have. And, and, and leaven is what? Leaven is yeast. We know that yeast is what? It, it is that which makes dough rise as a result of bacterial corruption, in a sense. So, so, so leaven oftentimes is used throughout the pages of Scripture as a picture of or a type for sin. So Jesus says, I want you followers of mine, you learners of me, learn this. Beware of sin, the sin of the Pharisees and the sin of Herod. Now, what's interesting here is like Pharisees and Herod are what? They are polar opposites. Absolutely, they want nothing to do with each other. The Pharisees are what the sectarian rule, they represent the religious hierarchy. Whereas Herod, on the other hand, is the, the, the placed Roman governor or even king, as someone called it, represents the political, the cultural, and kind of the social corner of our world. Both are in authority. Both, in a sense, are influencers. And Jesus is saying this, both of these have negative influences or sinful influences that you need to be careful of. Beware of both. Incorrect religious system, which is what? It's about appearance. It's about adherence. Just obey the rules. It doesn't matter what your heart is or where your heart is. It just matters if you look righteous. And so Jesus is saying, be Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Beware of legalism. And then on the flip side is what is, what is Herod? He represents the, the, the wealth, the economy, the power that exists. Talks about the social and the cultural kind of influence that is just a cesspool from the Roman Empire that is flooding into people's homes and lives and hearts. If the Pharisees are what? Beware of legalism. Um, Herod represents beware of what? Liberalism. Beware of, of either end of the spectrum. What is interesting is that, is that that term for us as a church of Jesus Christ, as followers, as methodos today, as ones who are learning about the Lord, it is so important for us to what? Be aware. Be careful. Where we focus our attention and we have to be aware of the influences that inevitably are pouring our direction. Now, how, how important is that instruction, particularly right now in the world, in the society, even in the time that we live in today? Where we heard more messages on what you should be thinking, what you should be believing, what you should be doing, as opposed to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have this election that's looming over us. And we hear people that are like, oh, no, if we don't get the, the right person, 
if we don't fix the economy, if, if we don't have the right people in office or the right people on the bench, then the whole thing's going it's just going to go to pots. And we worry about this. If we don't have the right freedoms and we don't have, but wait, wait a minute, what is the society that Jesus is living in that he's speaking in? What is the culture? Who's ruling there? Absolute, absolute corruption in every way. Therefore, we do not fix our eyes. Okay, we're actually to just beware of the influences that exist. And we fix our eyes on the one, on the one. God who is absolute sovereign. God who is in control of all things. So there's this lesson that Jesus seizes as he hears the subject of bread, the subject of leaven, and he says, this is what you actually need to be worried about. This is where you need to focus. Beware, be alert to sin and the subtle influences. Here's the response in verse 16. They began to discuss that they had no bread. (laughs) No way. No way. Is this really, did I read this right? As much as the disciples in there had been, there had been movements where they were getting it. They were slowly starting to understand. We even saw that last week. That what? This is this moment as they're still fixated on the subject of what are we going to have for lunch? This is know it as an earth-shattering miss in every way that the disciples are showing. I thought about this. I thought if if Jesus has a hard time of kind of capturing his audience's attention, like they're they're just gone, I have no hope whatsoever. I have no hope, especially those of you who are like, you know, I didn't eat breakfast this morning now that you're thinking about it. You know, I'm really looking forward to like lunch at this very moment. Think about these guys. They have what? They have virtually, this has been two plus years, they have spent virtually every single waking minute and moment with Jesus Christ, the Christ, Christos, the Savior, the Messiah, the long-awaited, the prophesied, the perfect Son of God, the God, the only one who's ever lived a perfect life. The only one who can offer forgiveness and healing and redemption and rescue from sin. And there's these disciples, these learners, these followers. They, they, they have heard this, this message even at this very moment right before them. In the boat together. You can't go anywhere. You're hearing this. They've heard a strong warning against sin. You'd think they would maybe begin to make a connection and ask questions. Can you describe to us, Lord, what, what, what types of leaven, the details of leaven, the impacts of sin? Can you show us, Lord, how to identify this? Can you teach us how to guard against it? There's a thousand questions that any one of us would come up with. And they're what? They're actually anxious and concerned and worried about lunch. Literally. They're worried about lunch. So much so that they're probably even irritated amongst themselves that somebody forgot to do their job. Now, now before we what? Before we throw more stones at the disciples and you say, disciples, how, how can you be so fickle? Do you realize, do you realize 
what right now is at the top of your worry list? Like, if you were to think, okay, well, this is, I got, I got this lined up for this week, and I got to meet with this person. I got, do you realize when you measure that against a warning that says you better be careful with how you live your life in the world and the culture and the society that you've been called to live, that whatever, in a sense, surfaces, whatever we're really worried about and focused on, it is like so tiny compared to what really matters. Number three, and finally, Jesus patiently, patiently leads his followers to a place of understanding. Thirdly, and finally, Jesus patiently leads his followers to a place of understanding. I love, I love, I love the response that Jesus gives here. Now, this is, this is the challenge of when you have words you don't oftentimes get the tone. But I, I, I'm, I'm convinced, convinced that although there is a firmness, there's a firmness to these words, I also believe that there's a gentleness to them. Jesus says, why are you discussing the fact that we have no bread? Verse 17, why are you discussing the fact that we have no breads? I have just fed thousands upon thousands of the best bread that has ever existed. I'm here. Not, not only am I like the bread man, not only am I the bread maker. What does Jesus say later on in his ministry? I am the bread. What Jesus does here is it's amazing. And parents who are teaching children use this tactic Use this strategy. He asked a series of questions. I have eight in the ESV. Depending on translations, it could be up to nine. And he wants to get the main point across. The single big idea to the entire text. Do, do, do you not perceive or understand? <laughs> you start gentle and you start kind. Okay, are you not following what I'm saying? Have you ever had that conversation with a 13-year-old son or daughter? And then there's, there's more questions. Are, are, are your hearts hardened? Are, are your eyes blind? Are your ears deaf? It's kind of like, let's go down through a checklist as far as what is every possible problem that could ever happen. Don't you remember when I fed the 5,000? How many, how many baskets were left? We know that answer. We know that answer. Like, oh, I know that one. They're, they're there. They know a little. Were you not there when I fed the 4,000? And then Jesus repeats it again. The very last question, do you not understand? Jesus, Jesus wants to make something very clear. Something very clear. There is nothing, there is nothing, there is not one thing for you to be concerned about when I'm here. Do you understand that's... That every, every, every need, every worry, every fret, every fear. Paul says it to this, says it like this to the church at Philippi. He says, what? I can do all things through Christ. That we have to realize the God that we worship. The Savior that we follow. We have to recognize the one who died for us. The wisdom writer 
Solomon in Ecclesiastes says, better one handful with tranquility, better one handful with peace than two handfuls of toil and chasing after the wind. In a sense, it's what, do you realize what is right in front of you? I had a, I have to confess, I, I snuck out a, um, I snuck out of one of my lunches this, this week. Um, I got word that my, that our new grandson, um, uh, Bogue, needed a part of his car seat that apparently was left in, in Grammy's car. And so he immediately needed the seat. And so I thought on my lunch break, I can run out and I can get him his car seat because he, this is what grandfathers do. And this is the important priority. And, and it took me like 40 minutes to figure out how to unhook a car seat from the car. They're a lot different than when we just threw our kids in the back seat. And, and I remember I went in, and I'm just looking for an excuse to see my, my new little boy. And, and you know what? You know what was interesting? As he's, as he's laying on, on his mama, he didn't give a rip about his car seat. He wasn't like, thank you so much. I was so, I was so worried about getting in the car without the proper, you know, fastening and hooking and seat belt. I was really, no, no, he wasn't concerned about any of the what. Why? Why not? Because with him, it is all about the who. He has his mama there. He has his daddy protecting him. He's not worried about this. He's not worried. Why? Because he is infatuated with his mama, with his daddy. He knows his voice already. Do you realize that's, that's the way we have got to, to learn to live life? There's so many things that we fret and worry about. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. There's something bigger out there. You've got to beware of the tactics that Satan and the enemy has to take you off task and take you off message. Now, what's neat about this story, and again, we have to look at all of Scripture. Always compare Scripture with Scripture. It kind of ends, Mark chapter 8, this text, do you not understand, like, and, and leaves us. What's interesting is that that's really not the end of, of, of the story, the conversation. You go back a couple pages, Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, tells the same story. And there's a little detail at the end of it. Listen to this, Matthew chapter 16, Jesus asking, How is it that you fail to understand that I did not speak about breads? And he says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And then there's this, this verse in, in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 14. Then they, speaking of what? Methodos, the disciples, same words. Then they understood. And they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the teaching of the Pharisees. Do, do, do you realize that there's a part here that it was completely like, they're like, how come, John, you forgot the bread? You always forget the bread. That, that, that all of the confusion, this has nothing to do with bread. This has nothing to do with yeast and how bread rises and how it's made. This has everything to do to, to, to what live our life. Certainly aware of the dangers that exist in our world. 
certainly aware. Do we, do we, do we live in fear? As re- Absolutely not. Who do we have in the boat with us? Who do we have that provides everything for us? Let me leave you with a couple points by way of application. You can fill these in. Number one, we too easily, we, I, too easily let little things bother us. And, And I mean that with all sincerity. We let little things control and direct. We let little, we too often, too easily let little things bother us. Number two, not only do we let little things bother us, but what? We stay on the little things. Even when Jesus, well, don't, don't you get it? It's not, you're missing it. We still, just like this, we still stay on it. We fix our attention on it. Number three, see and hear what? There are huge dangers that Jesus is warning us about. Huge dangers that Jesus is warning us about in this world, in this world, that, that there, is a, a, there is an enemy who is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, destroy. And we're concerned about the little things. Well, we have to, we have to like examine the way we're living life. We have to examine the way that we do family. We have to examine the way that we structure our home and importance and priority. There's a thousand little things that are coming before this one right here that Jesus is warning us about. I see evidences of that. We see destruction. Fourthly and finally, know this. Know that Jesus is in control of everything. Know that. It's not the what. It's the who. What hope that we have in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We begin to learn and we begin to live our lives with the focus on what Jesus has done for us, on the, on, on, on the sacrifice that was paid for us. And, and all of life begins to make sense. What hope we have in Jesus, what hope we have in the message of the gospel. And because what? Because we can't be too hard. I can't be too hard on the disciples. I forget things. I'm slow to understand. I, I get caught up with the, the little details. That's why we have the communion table before us. Perfect timing. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for arranging that. Because I'm w- well out of my control. That Jesus said, you, you're going to forget. You're going to forget me. You're going to forget what I've done for you. And you're going to get distracted with all the slop in the world around you. What is it that he takes? He takes bread. He takes bread. And as he's sitting with his disciples later on in the upper room, it was bread without leaven, without yeast. It was flat. I'm destroying this nice roll. And he broke the bread and he said, this, this is, this is my body. This is, this is what's going to happen because I care for you. It says as well that Jesus took the fruit of the vine. He poured wine out. And as he poured it, he said that this is a picture of my blood that will be poured out for you. And he says, what? Do this so you remember me. Do this so you don't forget me. 
do this so you don't what? Get distracted with all of the other noise. It's out there. Focus on me. Just as Jesus provides food for the hungry, just as Jesus heals the diseased and the sick, Jesus, what, offers forgiveness of sin. And he rescues us from our own sinfulness and our heart and, and, and my heart desperately, deceitfully wicked. Left to ourselves, it frightens me what we're capable of and Jesus says I want to offer myself for you and that's why we have the communion table before us so that we never ever forget to focus on him his body that was broken his blood that was poured out on that cross I'm going to invite the elders to come and they're going to serve this to you let me just remind you that that this is so important as as something that we regularly do for and remembering what Jesus Christ has done as believers. Please understand if you have not, if you have not accepted, if you're, if you're searching, if you're wondering, this is not for you, not at this point, until you make that decision. Now, when you recognize that you are a sinner and that the only means for that sin is to be forgiven through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, to accept his sacrifice, he paid the price that you and I couldn't pay. Until we come to that place, I ask that you refrain from this. But once you have made that decision and you're free, even at this very moment, in the quietness of your own heart to accept the Lord Jesus Christ, then we celebrate what Christ has done. This is for you. The guys are going to serve this to you. They'll serve the, the bread to you first. And then we'll pray together, ask the blessing on both the bread and the cup. And then they'll serve the cup to you. And we will celebrate and focus on what Jesus Christ has done for us. Thank you, John.
Father, as we come before you, we pause on those words in, in John 6 that says, I, I am the bread of life. And we thank you, Lord, that you are everything and more. That you have lived a perfect life. That you came to us. You, you dwelt among us. That you modeled for us what true righteousness and holiness looks like. Father, we thank you that, that you willingly suffered on our behalf. We thank you, Lord, for this very moment that we take these pictures, these symbols of your body and of your blood. And Lord, as we, um, as we eat the bread, as we drink the cup, may, may this moment be a renewed and refreshed reminder for us so that we never forget the amazing gift that was given through the Lord Jesus Christ. We love you and we thank you, Lord, for graciously and patiently loving us and for not, not just rescuing us, Lord, from our own sinfulness, but, Lord, positioning us now to be salt and light and to offer that same message of hope and grace and love and mercy to those around us. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for loving us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. It says that the Lord Jesus Christ, on the night in which he was betrayed, it says that he took bread, and after he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said this, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me.
it says in the same way also he took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant the new covenant in my blood do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me amen Jesus said never forget me Stand with us, please, as we close.